Episode 52, The Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. Let's do it. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, we are rapidly approaching Christmas. Uh, We are rapidly approaching the time where things start to slow down a little bit for the Christmas break for the Pirates. Um, So we got some stuff to talk about with them. But first, where'd you eat last week? So I went out with some friends to the Tutunia Manor Corps open house last weekend. Have you ever been over there before? I have not. Okay. So you're familiar with what it is, though. It's like the private German club on Northside? Yes. Okay. Um, So, I mean, it was mostly not really about eating, like, if we're being totally honest. Right. You know, it was more about getting into their, like relatively cheap supply of german beer but um they did have some food and they had um you know just what you would expect from a german menu you know just uh uh sausages covered in mustard and sauerkraut and uh it was actually pretty fantastic like the food there was great like it was just kind of like uh, almost like carnival style sort of like service, yeah. um, you know, where it's like, you can tell they don't like serve this all the time, but it was, it was solid. It was the, the sauerkraut was fantastic. So, um, they have, they have open houses every six months. So I think the next one comes in June. So highly recommend that you check it out when you got the chance. What type of beer did you have? I, what type of beer didn't I have? Mm-hmm. I think it's more mm-hmm. of a, you know, I had, um, I, I, I dabbled in some Pilsners. I dabbled in some dark beers. Um, you know, I think I had a Kolsch mixed in there as well, too. So, nice. um, nice. yeah, it was good. It's good stuff. Um, I, I really am having a hard time, though, remembering the, uh, the like, the particular brands, you know. And, and my German pronunciation is not to the level that I would feel comfortable trying to pronounce any of them on here. I gotcha. Um, all right. Well, the pirates, uh, are making some, they're dipping their toe into things. They're, they're not ready to fully dance with, you know, major league free agents that are going to be any good. Uh, but there's a lot of other teams that are, especially on the starting pitching front. Um, we're going to talk about Shohei Otani, which was never in the Pirates' radar, of course. But what's your impression of once you saw what the contract is with all that deferred money? $680 million out of $700 million deferred. Yeah, I I think it's a wild contract. I mean, I think... When you're going to dump a number that big on a guy, like, you know, it's got to be, you know, I mean, you got to get creative, I guess, probably with how you're going to pay it out. You know, even the Dodgers can't even fully afford that, you know. Um, Do you want to hear? said, like, that's, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you want to hear my semi-conspiracy theory on that contract? Go, Go for it, yeah. So, I don't think... Either the Dodgers or Otani intend to actually pay him that money. Okay. I, I think that when it comes time for that $68 million, he's going to treat it uh, like he, he's, you know, he's going to be retired most likely, and he's going to treat it 
as he's going to buy a share of the team each year. Oh, interesting. So he's going to say, look, instead of you paying me 68, you give me 68 in equity. And let's just say the Dodgers are worth at that time, 6.8 billion. Just tossing it out there for simple math purposes. That means every year he's buying 1% of the team. So after 10 years, he's going to be a 10% shareholder in the Dodgers. That's my, that's my working theory. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's just such a huge number. I mean, like that would be, uh, you know, that would effectively be crippling <laughs> potentially to them down the road uh, if it weren't something like that. You know, I, I think that seems like a pretty reasonable take. I wouldn't call it a conspiracy theory at all. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's it's a gift that continues to give as far as he's concerned. You know, so I mean, I don't know if you can offer an ownership stake directly in right MLB contracts. You and, know, but and, and he th- it was rumored at the outset of free agency that that's what he was looking for. So I think mm-hmm. that this is his workaround of okay. that. You know, he's gonna say, okay, fine, I won't do it while I'm a player, but let's do it. You know, when I'm not a player, so when I'm done, yeah. Hmm. So there were a couple other pitchers that we talked about on our last episode that were more realistic pirate ta- targets, and uh, they went off the market just a few days ago. One was Jack Flaherty, one year, fourteen million to the Tigers, uh, and then the other was Michael Walker, just today, I believe, uh, two for twenty-six. Both of them are, you know, have their flaws. Of course, we discussed them. Uh, I can't say that, like, especially with Waka, I was super high on him, but I think you were a little bit more sanguine on him than I was. But the amounts is what I kind of want to focus on here. Uh, if the Pirates can't beat that, then what are we doing here? I mean, I, I, I think phrased a little differently, though. I mean, do they really want to beat that? You know, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, and, and you can sort of take that question any number of ways. Um, but I don't know if they necessarily, I don't know if they necessarily do. And then you throw in Seth Lugo, who got an absurd three-year, $45 million deal from the yes. the rain, for, from the Royals, which I think is just god-awful. But, I mean, I don't know. I had, I, I probably had Waka in about that neck of the woods in terms of salary. I think, I think Flaherty's a little high. I think he's a little high at 14 for one season, you know? Um, You know, I I don't, I I mean, if that's what he got and the Pirates passed, I don't hate it. Um, You know, as long as they put the savings to something that's a little bit more reasonable, you know? Um, But, which I I haven't really gotten the impression thus far that they have any intentions of doing this offseason. But, um you know, other than the bit of lip service that we got earlier in 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 the fall, but uh, that being said, I, I'm I'm not I'm not I, I mean I was never I didn't love picking up either of those guys anyway. So it's like I, I don't I'm not really sad that they're gone. Like I mean at this point, you know I I think the Pirates have scratched a little bit of the back end of the rotation itch. Um, you know, with Gonzalez anyway, uh, I don't really, you know, again, if they brought in Flaherty and trotted him out as like the new number two pitcher, 
I, I mean, that's probably disappointing anyway. Like, I, I'm going, for the time being, I'm going to hope that they have something better in the works. That's that's what I'm going to hope for now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't believe that that's true. But I'm going to hope that that's true. Ah, so you and I are exactly the same. <laughs> that, I mean, they have to do something. They cannot, yes. they cannot go in with Keller... Gonzalez, and then a big giant hope box of Contreras, mm-hmm. Ortiz, Priest, or Falter. They they just can't. Right. Um, but I'm just curious. This kind of all ties together. Andy Rodriguez getting the knife, getting the TJ. Uh, life sucks. Out for the year, which is a big reason why we we're hearing all the hype about Henry Davis going back behind the plate. Um, it's December, four months before first pitch is thrown in anger. The Pirates aren't punting on this season, are they? Because of Endy and Oviedo? Um, I mean, <laughs> it's starting to feel that way, maybe a little bit. I mean, and, and it's getting a little harder for them to compete. I mean, I'm not super worried about catcher. I I think that they'll find something to cobble together. And like all of their moves so far this offseason at catcher makes sense, considering they knew that Endy might be an issue, you know, as as far back as November the 13th. You know, Um, I, you know, the the. the other injury, I mean, that has been the one that I, I've been more concerned and that's going to be more difficult for them to overcome. Because, again, we we sort of bo- were both penciling him in as a number three starter this year. Uh, that's a good chunk of salary that they've got or, you know, that, that they've got to now replace if they want to get a caliber, a similar caliber player. Um I don't know if they're going to do that. And, and I mean, like, it, it's one thing to fill two gaps in the rotation. It's another thing to fill three, you know, possibly four, you know, I mean, depending on what direction they decide to go in. I I, I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but it is starting to feel more and more like they're heading towards another transitional year because... You know, there's just so much that's, you know, kind of in flux and just there's already there's already a lot of things going wrong thus far. So Pirates did make a signing this week uh, of a non-zero amount of money. I think it's safe to say at this point that Ben Charrington has a type. He might be a little bit of a chubby chaser uh, because on the heels of Dan Vogelbach G-Man Choi and Carlos Santana, welcome Rowdy Tellez to the confines of PNC Park. One year, one year, three point two million. I mean, I, I can't say that he's a pure chubby chaser. I mean, I think it's looking to me like Connor Joe is going to be the, you know, the other side of that platoon in all likelihood, and he's a. He's a he's a he's a well built gentleman, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, but, but Rowdy is not. <laughs> no, no, they average out to being like you know a normal looking American because <laughs> you know I, I mean Rowdy's even a little thick for 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 the average, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think that he's a hot mess. <laughs> like I, I I don't know, man. Like. 
there's, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't like the signing. I just don't see it at all. I, I, I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, his platoon splits have gotten, they're a little bit more pronounced. So having a guy like Connor Joe to pair up against him is, is good, but he's hit a little, he's been an awful defender, an awful base runner, like, you know, to the point where it, it totally diminishes a lot of his value as a hitter. You know, he's hit in the sevens, OPS-wise, you know, multiple times in his career. You know, but again, I, I still like my first baseman to hit a little better than that anyway. Like, that yeah. shouldn't be the goal. Like, Yeah, yeah. So, you remember the Austin Hedges trade, uh, World mm-hmm. Series World Series champ Austin Hedges. The yeah. part the Pirates traded him for a chunk of international bonus pool money, uh, and then proceeded to incinerate it by sending a most of it, uh, most of the remaining that they got from the Rangers to the Yankees to help out the Yankees, so that the Yankees could use it to get an international player. And in return, the Pirates got Billy McKinney, uh, a former first-round pick, I do believe, of the Oakland A's, who's just never truly caught on anywhere. I I, I wanted to talk about him right after we talked about Rowdy, because I feel like he's almost like a plan B for Rowdy Telez. I know that he's... I know that McKinney's generally spent most of his time in the outfield, but at the same time, I, he does have some experience playing first base. And I suspect that maybe he's there back up in case, you know, Telez fails. You know, I, I just thought it was interesting that the, the one move came on the heels of another. And, I, you know, I, I have a feeling that that might be what is kind of behind it. Because they could assign, they could assign you know... McKinney just off the street as a minor league free agent, you know, last week, you know, right. if they really, really wanted him. I mean, he may have, I mean, I think the original, my original thought was, oh, he, uh, he told him to pound, uh, pound sand. And now the pirates figured out a way to Shanghai him into, uh, into Indianapolis for a little while. Um, you know, that's, that's what I thought was actually happening at first, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's wild. If they spite traded for him. I, I would... Oh my God. Oh my! I, I would actually really like that. That'd be hilarious. I hope that if they did spite trade for him, I hope that comes out. Like, yeah, like it, like that. McKinney like through his agent like comments like you know I, that, that he didn't want to be here to begin with. Like, I, I will, that would be fantastic. I will absolutely not play for the Pirates. Oh yeah, Let's yeah. See about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've it, got some shit for you to eat. You know. So. It, in 2022, with Oakland, um, our our man here batted 096 uh, mm-hmm. with a negative 11 weighted runs created. Yeah, I I mean he's not he's not always been that bad though. I know no. that that was a rough year. Yeah, yeah, he he got his okay. weighted runs created to 101, so he was one percent better than the average player. I mean, look, I, I know I'm I know I'm clowning on him, but I, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just 
the optics of this are just unreal. That that's what you burn. That's what you burn uh, international bonus pool money on. Further, you give it to the Yankees, who then turn around and sign a far better prospect than they could get with their current pool money. Uh, it's just, it's really, it's really rough. I think they had when they when they traded for that pick money. There was a guy that signed for pretty close to what they had available. Um, and I suspect, I can't think of his name. He signed for around $900,000, uh, you yeah. know, but I, you know, I, I believe he was, a, a, a from, from Asia, if I remember correctly. Um, and I have my suspicion that that's who the pirates actually wanted to get and they just missed out on him. Um, and, and, you know, like I, I, that's just, that's totally fan fiction. I, I don't know if that's actually a thing. Just like, I don't know if they spite traded for Billy McKinney. You know, I'd like uh, to think oh, that, it again, but that's that's real. I'm I'm willing that one into existence. We're gonna make that I, real. I love it. Okay, I'm I'm good with yeah. that. Um, so I I think that they missed on their guy that they actually wanted. So um, I don't I don't hate the idea of having McKinney. I think that he's again he's a fine depth option. You know, if there's nobody else. That they're serious about in international free agency. I guess it's better that they did something with it, you know. Um, and and like I said, I think he's I think he's a little bit of insurance. Like you know, if in the event that things go poorly with Rowdy, I do think that he might get some kind of a shot, you know. Um, I, I, you know, at first base. That's that's my take on it. I could be very very wrong on that. But that was how I eventually came around to evaluating that situation. So the Pirates, uh, I believe it was today, made a trade with the Kansas City Royals. Um, they traded a prospect that I have never heard of in my life for Edward Oliveris, who I'll be honest, I've never heard of in my life. But he, he <laughs> is uh, an actual functional breathing player who's not that bad um he appears to be uh like a fourth outfielder type you know a little bit of a tweener but he does a lot of things fine but he doesn't do anything great it appears um i actually don't mind this move yeah i was actually I sort of went into it thinking, wow, here's a guy that's barely been playing for the the Royals. Um, you know, how is he, you know, how is he going to actually make this team better? And, you know, he he might just do that. Um, I, he's an in, He's got an interesting look. There's, I, I think there's some upside out there. He's, a, he's an atrocious fielder. He can hit a little bit. His Babbitt seems a little bit depressed, um, as does Rowdy Tellez, is, by the way. I, I don't, have you, not to backtrack completely, but have you looked at Rowdy Tellez's, like, ridiculously low Babbitt numbers? I haven't, no. Okay. Something, I think it's something, something worth, worth looking into. I think he had, like, a 215 last year. Now, I mean, that could be because, you know, he, he hits a line drive to right field and he stops and gets a hot dog on the way to first base. Um, you know, that might have something to do with his low Babbitt, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I, 
I, you know, the last guy that, that, that Pittsburgh brought in that people made fun of for eating hot dogs, really, you know, Phil Kessel, you know, people, he overperformed. I'm trying to will, through hot dogs, I'm trying to will Rowdy Telez to overperform. But as far as this guy goes, again, it's lower, and as far as, um, as far as Oliveira is, is concerned, you know, again, lower BABIP than I would expect. His uh, his Statcast numbers read very very nicely. So um, you know, one eighty nine ISO is not great, um, but I, I think this guy could be a serviceable dude, um, and I think he could be interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm thinking he could be interesting in the right field at PNC Park because if he is a poor fielder, he's going to be able to hide it a little bit more there than than he might other places. So. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on this. Like, I I think this is actually a pretty good move, and I I think one that has some upside. It it reads to me a lot like the Connor Joe trade was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, I mean, except this guy's a little bit younger. So, a good move. I, I like it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, and then just to kind of cap it off, uh, in terms of this one's not a firm signing, but it's. Probably by the time this podcast gets published, it will be. Uh, the Pirates are, <laughs> again, going to be flirting around with Andrew McCutcheon. Um, we've talked about this before. If he's here as a vibe coordinator um, and more of like a part-time player, part-time coach almost, I'm for it. I think when we see the dollar amount, we'll, that'll kind of tell everybody what his role is going to be. Um if it's over $5 million, they're they're going to expect him to be a semi-more-than-often-regular. If it's less than that, uh, vibe coordinator, part-time coach. Yeah, I, I, I think that you're—I think you're probably right on that. I don't see him coming back for less, though. Um, you know, I mean, he hit well enough last year. I, I mean, I think he can still be a viable contributor— I do, I do prefer, and I've said this multiple times before. I like the idea of having the DH be sort of like a not hard off day for for dudes. Um, you know, like let's let's rotate guys like sort of in a, into a semi day off, but like at least keep their bat in the lineup. I like that, especially for Brian Reynolds, uh, you know, and and Henry Davis. Uh, but you know, if you can't say no to Kutch if Kutch wants to come back you know if you know you you want to talk about miserable optics <laughs> if 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 he comes in and says I want to play here for you know an incredibly reasonable amount of money you know the optics if he you know you know the optics if if, if he's turned away are are insane I, I mean insanely bad that is this will uh, be his you know so I, this will be his age 37 season it it has to be his last, yeah. right? Not necessarily. I mean, if he if his numbers resemble what they did last year, I mean, I don't see any reason why he can't come back for a thirty eight. You know, um, I you know, I mean, he was he was a mid sevens, you know, OPS, like you know, uh, playing for a team that you know was would be open to that sort of thing at DH. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I I don't. You know, if he's if he's in the same ballpark, I mean, you know, why not keep playing? You know, he's he's not going to be able to like f- mend the ship and 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 you know 
get his Hall of Fame resume back on track in all likelihood, unless he has just an insane year this year and next, you know, but I, I do think that he can at least like, you know, he can make a little bit more money and play close to home. Like, you know, why not? Um, or his adopted home, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Why not keep going? Yeah. You know, so I, I, you know, if he can produce, I think he'll play. And, and you know, I have no reason to think that he won't be able to produce again next season. All right. So. uh as we record this, it's Friday the 15th. Let's say we adopt our more typical schedule. Uh, we typically record on Wednesday or Thursday of a week. So let's just say six days from now tops. Will the Pirates have signed another legitimate starting pitcher by the time we record next week? Define legitimate. <laughs> no, um... I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I you know, um, I've I've been sort of you, you've been asking this question, and I've been punting on this question. I feel like each time, but you know, I I think the the winter meeting one. I think I said they'll have one, but I don't know, yeah. and, and I still don't know. I mean, I I could really see them. You know, the the free agency the free agent crop this year is so deep. You know, there's still good names out there in free agency. There's good names that I see kicked around as far as trade bait goes. I I could see the Pirates just, you know, especially, essentially being the Pirates and really waiting and finding a, an incredible deal, you know. Um, I think they were patient on Flaherty, hoping that he'd probably fall in somewhere in that 10 to $12 million range would be my guess. He didn't fall that far. Somebody else offered him better money. You know, so I, I think that they probably, you know, so so they probably wash their hands of that. But I think they're probably they're, they're probably on somebody that is in a similar boat where right now they're looking for more money or a better situation. And when those things don't materialize, you know, they'll they'll jump in and sign them on the cheap, you know, Um I, I so I, I think that they're being patient right now. I mean, you know, I, I think we're 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 conflating what I think might all might be patience with disinterest as far as improving the club goes. And I'm I'm guilty of that myself. I'm getting pretty frustrated as we're seeing the you know the rest of the 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 off season or the rest of the teams this off season sort of heat up and start making moves. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little disheartened by the fact that the Pirates haven't done anything like really, really meaningful at this point. But that being said, they still have cash to spend, and I do think that they will spend it. So, um, you know, it, I, but I think that they are waiting for a dumpster dive. I think they're going to try to put as many, as many moves together as they can uh, to improve the team as much as they can. Um, you know, and again, I'm I'm just hopeful that I'm hopeful that that's what they're doing. You know, I, I I don't know if that's what they're actually doing. It could be that they have decided to punt on this season, um, and have kind of another transition year. But um, I'm hopeful that that's not what's happening, and that there are some other moves. But I do think they're going to bide their time before they make it. So no, I, I'm going to go with a firm no that there won't be any moves, uh, any any more pitchers signed by. The next time we record, well, as everybody knows, I'm I'm always an eternal optimist. So, uh, 
I'll be Professor Positive this week, and I'm going to say yes. So. All right. Who's it going to be then? Well, you know, I, I have a ridiculous uh, Captain Ahab fat fixation on Jose Quintana. It just seems it just sure. seems to me like that is a that's a match made in the stars that they can get him back one year thirteen million. They'll get CV Cohen to eat a couple million of that, get him for eleven, get a quote deal. Um, so that would be a trade possibility. And as every day goes by, I wonder why Lucas Giolito is not signed. Um, he's a guy that is extremely intriguing to me. If people are on the Flaherty Waka, this guy can rebound bandwagon, then you got to be in on Giolito as well. So that's uh, yeah, those are my two two picks. Seth Lugo ended up getting the Giolito money, so he might be holding out for more now, for all I know. So um, I, I saw that the you know I I I did see it the 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 Marlins are shopping Lazardo. Yeah. And I do, you know, I mean, that's that's a big that would be a big get. Yep. Um, but I mean, I do I do think that he'd be an interesting player. A couple of years of control, um, not a great, not a you know, an insane track record in the sense that that's going to, you know, keep his arbitration numbers down. You know, it's going to suppress those numbers. But he he looked great last year. Um, he's a guy that would would certainly sort of slide into that two three role if they'd managed to be able to trade for him. I I am kind of more and more coming around on the fact that I do that that or not the fact, but on the opinion that I, I think that they're going to they're gonna I think they'll sign a dumpster dive free agent pitcher, but I do think that they will also trade for probably the more legitimate of the two starters that I, I foresee them signing between now and the start of the season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pirates have at least like kicked the tires on Lazardo. Um, you know, whether or not they'll actually like do anything, you know, and, and and you know, part with the prospects that it would require to pick him up, um, that's another thing to be seen. But uh I wouldn't be surprised if they have some interest at least. Well, uh, let's part company here with our listeners until next week. Uh, I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thanks.